Hi, everybody. Brian Davis here. It's Longhorn Confidential Time here with the fellas from the Austin American Statesman. Danny Davis, Kirk Bowles, uh, and Cedric Golden here. It's good to be with you guys. Uh, it's going to be a fun week. Texas Tech week. Guns up. Horns down. All of that is going to be discussed at some point this week. Will you or won't you eat tortillas that are eaten, that have been landed on the football field? I would try one. I have no problem with that. Snacks told us he stuffed tortillas down his pants to keep warm on the last of Lubbock. That sounds disgusting. We'll get to Tech in just a second, but we need to talk about UTSA. Uh, A really interesting game from the past week. Uh, Danny and Sid were there. Kirk went to go see the Aggies in Aggieland. But, guys, a really fascinating first half from the Fighting Jeff trailers. They get up 17 to 7. And Texas came back and put the hammer down in the second half. And, and said, we'll start with you. What what did you think of how the Horns responded being down 10? I was impressed because uh, we we were in that press box, me, you, and Daniel. And the tractor trailer, he came for a dub. He was not, he wasn't on, on any kind of uh bridesmaid tip. He was in there to, to, to kick butt and take some names. And after that onside kick and the double pass, we're like, oh, man, we've been here before, and, and, and Texas teams haven't always responded well. I wrote in um, hook'em.com that since 2014, they're 7-35, and 35, went down double digits. So that didn't really uh, provide any real hope. But then they came back. They didn't panic. And so credit to them. It, they've got good senior leadership. They have a coach who doesn't panic. And they have really good players, and they relied on that. And what about that defense? What about that defense? 20 points or less in three straight games? It just doesn't happen. hasn't happened around here in a long time. Yeah, I think, um, you know, UTSA showed they were not a fluke school and that they deserved all the respect that they got last year. But in the end, you know, Texas proves it's Texas and UTSA proves it's UTSA. Um, You know, Texas won that game by they quit getting cute. They realized they have number five and number two in the backfield. They realized they have a bunch of 300-pound, five-star, four-star guys in their offensive line, and they just ran it down and just tired out that UTSA defense. Then on defense, you know, they they proved that they have those four or five-star talents on defense and, you know, shut down a a veteran quarterback and Frank Harris. And, you know, UTSA definitely – you know, there's no such thing as a moral victory, but there's points they left on the board and mistakes they wish that they, they could have had back. But Texas was the better team. Texas was an 11-point favorite for a reason. And I think in the end, the final score, even though it took a winding path to get there, you know, it is what it is. And I think it's what a lot of people expected. And that's just kind of how, how it turned out. Kirk, Kirk, I have full confidence that Texas A&M put the Longhorn Network on every television in the press box in Kyle Field. Longhorn Network, they probably put Longhorn Network on the Jumbotron there at Aggieland. But what did you think there's, there's when Texas, you saw... There's Texas fans that may think, uh, based on their complaints about the broadcast of that game, they the Aggies, the Aggies may have loved that broadcast. Aggies, Aggies definitely love the broadcast. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Uh, Kirk, what did you think when you saw the score, UTSA 17, Texas 7? Really wasn't shocked. I think any team would have a mental hangover, you know, after that cataclysmic showdown with 
number one Alabama. So I think we probably all fully expected it. It, it said more to me how they outscored them 34 to three down the stretch. And, you know, when we talked to Sark on Monday, he said, you know, nobody blinked, nobody flinched. He said, if this had been last year, eh, I'm not so sure, you know, and to me, that shows you how far this Texas program has come. They, they believe in each other. They know the talent level that they have, and it's such an upgrade on the roster. So I think they've proved a lot to themselves these last two weeks, uh, not just to the media and the fan base. So uh, I thought it was very impressive, as, as you guys just said. You know, UTSA is a legitimate program. I mean, they uh, they beat Army. They almost beat Houston. They won 12 games last year, been to two straight bowls. So they're not a walkover. And like, like y'all said, they got – you know, UTSA's best shot. So I think they're going to take a lot of confidence and momentum into Lubbock. Seth, oh, Seth I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> say something, Seth. Say something. No. no. Um, real, real, real quick, though, real quick, though, to, to come back to a point that Kirk made, I thought that was the most interesting thing out of Sark's Monday presser. It was very candid when he said, you know, last year, I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, but this year we didn't and, right. or didn't fold or blink or whatever, you know, euphemism you want to use. And I, and I, I, I agree with that hundred percent. I think last year's team struggles all the way to the finish line against those guys. And maybe it's beat and maybe it's beat. Maybe it's beat. Maybe. I mean, now, is that, is that a coach. function of better coaching, more linemen? What is that? What is that? Yes. Yes. And yes. More maturity. Uh, the, uh, the guys that went through those wars, the Snacks, Coburns, and people of that ilk, Bijan Robinson, um, they're they're a year older, and 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 they've 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 embraced leadership roles on this team. Because I, I I didn't really last year think of Bijan Robinson as a leader, just a great player, but but you see him in spring getting after people, talking noise to the defense, trying to hype his teammates up. Those are things that we didn't see from five last year. And uh, Snacks has always been a, a a leader, but he was always a, a glass uh, three-quarters full leader. But I I, th I think he's kind of, you know, embraced when they don't play well. He, he's, he said it. So for me, I, I'm, um, I think the maturity part is good. The Gary Patterson thing can't be overlooked. Um, people aren't talking about GP, but you can't tell me that his fingerprints weren't all over that defense. We didn't see a swarming Texas defense last year. I mean, now one guy gets to the ball and you look up and here comes three or four other guys yep. getting to the ball. We saw that against Alabama, which isn't chopped liver. So uh, a lot of those things have, have kind of gone into the mix. And what we have here is a two-in-one team with realistic Big 12 title aspirations. You know, I'm – I think we're giving Gary Patterson too much credit. I no, I, I really not. do. We are not. Like I we think are. we're. This is the second year. I think defensive improvements should be expected in the second year of a system that PK brought in. That these players learned last year and conceivably got better with a full off season in this training program and just getting older and getting better. Sure, you know Gary coming in and you know given his advice and stuff like that probably helps, but you know, he's not coaching these, he's not coaching these players. He's not. What about, the, what about effort, Danny? 
Danny, we but saw I, guys quit last year. I would say, I would say that effort isn't Gary Patterson coming in. I would say that effort is these guys being embarrassed by what happened last season and wanting to live up to the University of Texas legacy. Like I don't think I think we just give Gary Patterson too much credit because he's Gary Patterson and the media loves him and you know he's he's the you know guy who you know is nice to us. But I don't I, I think it's disrespectful to you know, the coaches, the coordinators and the players just be like, this is GP. Like, I just, I just don't get the Gary Patterson love and not the proper credit to the coordinator and the coaches and the players that are, you know, actually doing the work. I'm surprised I, I, uh, Sark didn't give quit a little bit more credit. I don't know what he said Saturday, but after the Alabama game, you know, he didn't mention Kwiatkowski by name. And that kind of surprised me. Well, to to be fair, all season long, and I and I'm pretty sure this is Steve's entire tenure. Everything is we. Uh, we did the game plan. We were prepared. We this. We that. He has not really uh, doted on or ripped any individual assistance. No, you're right. Playbook. You're right. That's but Kwiatkowski is so embattled. That's the Saban playbook. Yeah. That's, that's, now that's, he will. He Saban will talk about. He will talk about individual guys if asked, like, hey, how has Coach Flood helped the line, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. But well, he's not going to solicit it. He won't bring it up. Correct. I agree. Correct. Never and I thought that. he I thought he might just to change the narrative because everything last year, Pete Kwiatkowski, what a disaster. Is he going to get fired? Are they going to make a change? And I would you know, think John Phil plays changing the narrative. He doesn't need to address him by name. They keep winning. Uh, the narratives changed automatically. Yeah, but he was kind of. Didn't you think? Was he a little apologetic over how feisty he was about the quarterback thing Saturday? So I think he cares a little bit about the narrative. A little bit, but that's the narrative to us. That's not the narrative about one of his assistants. But that, but that is a very good segue because I wanted, I wanted to get into quarterback talk. Wanted to get into quarterback talk. Uh, you know, yes, he was a little. Yes, Steve was a little more relaxed Saturday night. Of course, I, I'd be more relaxed after any win, no doubt. Coming off a week where, let's be honest, the quarterback situation was very in flux. You know, you didn't know what what Quinn Ewers' status was going to be. You didn't really know if Hudson Card would be good to go come Saturday. But but fast forward, we got to Saturday. Not only not only was Quinn out there throwing, he dressed for the game, which quite frankly blew my mind. Like, what 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 is going on out there? Quinn, you were dressed for UTSA. He did not play. Hudson Card started obviously and looked terrific on a thirty yard quarterback scramble. Um, we did not see Charles Wright, which I was a little surprised by that. But we saw the Rocat, you know, the new Rocat formation, Roshan and the Wildcat. I expect we'll see that some more. Um, do any of you three make anything of uh, Quinn dressing? Does that does that project he will play or start against Tech? That's a great question. Uh, I I wonder if he would dress kind of in case of emergency, break glass. You know, uh, I thought but, he was the third quarterback. It, you know, I thought he was dressing as the emergency guy. Like yeah, he might have been, and uh, he did say Monday. Yeah, all three of them practiced. You know, uh, on Monday, so I think he's healing a lot better again. It's his left side, not his right side. But I don't know. Uh, I just wish he'd put Charles Wright in. Just Charles Wright may never take a snap at UT. I, I almost wish for Charles Wright's sake he'd have put him in the last series or two just to, you know, get a little flavor of college football. And it doesn't hurt 
for him to just be on the field taking snaps to get rid of any nervousness in case of well, they blow somebody out. Chuck Wright will get a couple snaps. To be fair, yeah. Charles did get in the game. He ended the game, and he ended yeah, he the ULM yeah, games. I mean, he's been on the field as a Texas quarterback. Yeah. I didn't think Quinn was right. going to – I didn't think there was any way Quinn was going to play in that game because he did dress out, but he didn't do warm-ups. I mean, he tossed around the football a little bit, but he was not doing the regular warm-ups that the other four quarterbacks were doing. So um, I thought that was more of a, you know, just kind of get him out there, have him be with the team, maybe, you know, play with the fans and the, or I guess maybe give some assurances to the fans a little bit, but I didn't think Quinn was going to, you know, play but you know steve did say he practiced on monday so it'll be interesting to see if he travels um because you know they can only bring so many players with them to lubbock um but i would imagine that hudson is probably going this week and then we'll see with, with west virginia but quinn was pretty limited with what he did before the game on saturday so i didn't think that unless those other four quarterbacks could go i mean maybe if it was quinn and ben ballard that's when you know, you break that glass up in case of emergency, but I was not surprised that Quinn did not see the field at all um, on Saturday. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about going to Lubbock. Uh, Texas Tech is 2-1 and one under first-year coach Joey McGuire. Uh, just a terrific shot of energy uh, Coach McGuire is right now. I've, I've been super impressed at how he's just, just got people engaged again. You know, Tech fans – in a lot of ways are just like Texas fans. They're dying for the football team to be good or great again. And they want to see that happen. And if you have any question about tech's um, ex excitement level and wanting to be good, just look at basketball. You know, we don't want, we don't have to go down the Chris Beard rabbit hole right now, but the fact that, that they were, that they are so jacked up for, for basketball under Chris Beard, they want to do that for football. Absolutely. So I expect Jones, the Jones to be rocking, on Saturday, whether it was 2.30 in the morning or 2.30 in the afternoon, it doesn't matter. Place is going to be packed. Tortillas will be flying at kickoff, and um, it's just going to be a great atmosphere. I mean, Kirk, let me start with you. Lubbock, you view Lubbock kind of like I do. As a, it's it's a weed. It grows on you, but eventually you come around. You come around to love the place. What, what do you think about tech? I don't know if Lubbock appreciates you calling them a weed, but uh... – it does grow on you. Had kids go to school there. You lived there, uh, covered Red Raiders for the morning news for for a while. Um, I don't know. It's just you're right. They are just dying to be good in football again. They're great at men's basketball. They're great at baseball, track, uh, meat judging. They're really top of the line in meat. That is true. That's a fact. Meat judging. Uh, you know what's interesting about that? I think it's going to be rockets too. Uh, is that? Joey McGuire has asked about the quarterbacks, and he's got his starting quarterback out with a collarbone injury. You know, Tyler Shuck, the transfer from Oregon, and Donovan Smith replaced him. And a lot he was asked after the NC State game, hey, the fans want to see, uh, what's the name, Baron Morton, the redshirt freshman. You know, he's the fair-haired boy. And just yesterday, Joey McGuire said, yeah, we've got formations with all three quarterbacks in it. And we just can't wait to unveil that. So uh, I don't well, know. What's the old sure. adage? If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. If you have three, I don't know what you have. Yeah, four. You may have a mess. Is what you may have. That was just for Texas. Oh, we got three. We got to prepare for three quarterbacks. Usually, you're going to play one at a time. So yeah, I, I like I like the gamesmanship, but I'm not I'm not buying that from Joey. 
I don't think it's going to be a staple. I'll put it that way. Not if they want to win. I mean, and you know, Texas, what, six in a row? They won six in a row out there on South Plains, Duck. And so uh, they've had some success out there, even the Charlie Strong Longhorns. Well, two years little- ago, two years ago, though, they had Texas beat, you know, until onside kick madness and, you know, winning in uh, overtime. So one thing about this tech team, their defense is so much better. Uh, than under Matt Wells. Uh, I think they're giving up 83 yards a game on the ground. And, uh, you know, th- that's not bad after playing teams like Houston and NC State. They played the, a decent schedule there. So, uh, But I do like the fact that they established Bijan Robinson, got him back in gear, and and got him cutting loose for a while. So I, I think Texas is going in there with a ton of confidence. Not going to be easy. Not going to be an easy game for them. Um I think they're very fortunate it's a 2.30 kick and not a 7 o'clock. Yeah, so. I agree with you, definitely. Yeah. I don't think it would be Arkansas crazy, but it'll probably be loud. I know, Danny, you're looking forward to it, right? Danny loves to. Yeah, I like, I, I like Lubbock. This will be my fourth trip, or I guess I didn't go during the pandemic season, so this will be my third third trip. But Texas, the last three times they've gone out there, you had Chris Boyd picking off Pat Mahomes in the end zone to seal it. Uh, two years later, LJ had his crab, crab tree moment to seal it, and then obviously um, that – overtime madness uh, two years ago. So, I mean, it should be exciting. Obviously, this Tech team, they're not ranked, but they're definitely battle-tested um, facing two ranked teams and splitting those splitting those games. The Tech fans are going to be fired up. Um, as you said, doesn't matter if it be 7 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock at night, they'll be, they'll be ready to go and having fun. It's a great atmosphere. It's a great place to watch a football game. I really I, – I like that press box. So – I mean, it's going to be it's going to be fun, and it'll be a good test. Taj Brooks, you know, they're um, running one of their two really good running backs. He's a local, so I'm sure he's going to want to, you know, go against the, the hometown team. He he didn't get a play in that game, which was a slaughter last year. Um, so I'm sure he's going to be fired up for this game. So it's it's going to be fun, and um, you know, after last couple of weeks, this Texas team has had some fun games to play in, and ha- has been a fun team to watch. And this should be another. Another one. I'm not sure about the West Virginia game the week after, but Texas, Texas Tech, that's good money if you can get a ticket. Will there be any Tech fans trying to block the bus this time? (laughs) Said, I'll ask you this, will any Tech fans get run over this week by the Texas team bus? fans think I'm a murderer, but yeah, whatever. I'll just say this, and I'm going to leave that alone, B.D., a basketball bus is not a football bus. You might want to let that football bus come on through, big guy. You don't want to block the football bus. There could be repercussions. But a basketball bus, eh, yeah, we'll we'll block that. That's cute. You'll let the football bus come on through. Okay, so that, all right, so let me ask this question then. Who on this football team would be the Brock Cunningham equivalent to get off the bus? And stand in the gladiator circle like Brock did, and egg on angry tech fans who are who circled the bus. Who would be the football equivalent of that? Demo, Agent Zero, probably. Yes. With his Gotta cowboy be. hat. He'll hold it down. He'll hold it down, Danny. Yeah. I don't know. With some of the videos I've seen recently, and maybe the head football coach, he seems to be quite uh, quite amped up before before games. So Sark Sark may go out there. That's, That's a, a really great good point. point. That's a great point, up Danny. And down, man. I, he was pumped. Yes. Yes. Was okay, pumped. so here's the here's my question to that. Why 
I mean, we saw what happened when you come onto the football field and you try to headbutt Malcolm Roach to get your players fired up. I get it that you can go overboard, okay? But should Sark show more of that, let the fans see more of that, not just on a TikTok video? Should fans see more Sark being pumped up like that on the field? No. I think um, – No, okay. The, th- the thing about the difference between Sark and I think it was Anthony Cook who we talked to this about yesterday – um, and Tom is, you know, I feel with, with Steve that this is all genuine. I feel like that's who he is. Real. It's not manufactured. Real. That is just who he is. And, you know, it's who he is with his players. He's kind of a different guy. He's more reserved with us, but it's not manufactured. It's not fake. And I think if you do too much for the fans or you do too much, like that video that came out with him jumping, that wasn't a Texas video. That was some fan that was a fan know, video. released that video. So I think if, you know, Texas, uh, their media department gets too involved, it just becomes fake. And, you know, these players, you know, this is the social media generation. They know what fake is. And so I think if he wants to get through his players, he just needs to be him. And who we saw in those videos, that's him. And the players, they know what real is. And if you're being too fake, I think that was Tom's problem a couple a, a, a few times in some of his little outbursts. The players can sense that, and so I don't think we need Steve to you know, come and fired up at press conferences or doing you know TikTok dances for the Texas football account. Like just be who he is, and the players will buy into that. And I think that's kind of what's happening. Yeah. What about Sledgehammer? Could he do the Sledgehammer? No. Not yet. We secured a bag. Not yet. He fired my gun. Not definitely not yet. I don't think Tom was being fake. I think Tom was being Tom. He's crazy. <laughs> and he just kind of let everybody see I it. I really think Tom was being Tom too. Uh, yeah, there were a couple of those things. Now the, the sledgehammer thing was over the top, but the Mike Gundy thing, that was Tom Herman. I don't, I don't, I don't know Herman. if the headbutting your football player ahead of a football game is the real Tom Herman. I think that was a this this will fire up the guys. This will this will this will get him going, and I'm sure his players were all standing there, being like, "What, what, what the heck is this dude?" Oh, wow, Danny! Wow, Danny! Danny just held back right there. I love it. Uh, Danny, just, Danny just caught himself. He pulled himself back from. I'm trying not to get fired over here. I will say, I will say that I that one thing that I do really uh, like about Sark is how he has been even keel with us. He does not. I mean, he yes, he gets feisty from time to time, but for the most part, he's he, for the most part, we know what we're going to get. Uh, on a on a uh, Monday to Thursday basis, Monday Thursday Saturday basis with him, so that's good. Yeah, no, I'd agree. But like I said, I agree with Danny. Be who you are. Yeah, be you gotta real. be who you are because players will see through that if they don't. So anyway, any that's last words, uh, BD? On... These guys love Steve Sarkeesian. You can tell they do. Yeah, they love him more if they're winning too. Yeah, when winning does cure. Yeah, I guess they loved him last year. That didn't work Tom, out. Tom won. Tom won. So. But well, winning is hard. <laughs> winning is hard. Right? Not in Tuscaloosa, it's not. He, wow. No, it's any not last words, uh, BD, on our last confidential of the week? Last confidential of the week? No, I think we have uh, put any and all crises to bed here. It's going to be good. Uh, oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Here's the last confidential of the week. How many do we do? We do one a week. We're down to one now. We're down the to first one. one and the last one. This is both. Yeah, first one and the last one. Exactly, exactly. And that is how we're going to wrap it up because that's how good these things are, right? Uh, long <laughs> or confidential, right here on Hookup.com. How good they were. I mean, say that again, said. Or how it's how good they were. I mean, you know. how good they were. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
Hook'em.com. You can get all the information going up to Saturday's game. Be sure to check out Danny's live blog. Once kickoff starts, go there for repeated updates. Danny fills that thing up like you wouldn't believe. He's fantastic. He's fantastic at it. Remember, remember statesman.com and hookup.com for all the great information. Uh, and with that, we'll put this one to bed. For Kirk De Saini, Kirk Bowles, Cedric Golden, Danny Davis, I'm Brian Davis. We'll talk with you next time.